Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. You know that I really appreciate the people who tune in and listen to the show, and I really appreciate it when you send a tweet after listening to a show saying, that guest really resonated with me, or when you jump over to iTunes and leave a review. You know, when you do a podcast, it can be a little bit lonely. You're sitting in your studio, or in my case, my college-age daughter's bedroom that with you know, the exception of adding all my podcasting equipment still looks exactly like it did when she lived here. Uh, you know, you're sitting there, you're all alone. You wonder, does anybody listen? And you see the really big download numbers that you get, but then you wonder, is anybody actually out there? So jump over to the Facebook page or Twitter and just say hello if you liked this episode. And I think you are going to like today's episode. We have an absolutely fantastic guest. But first, I have to thank one of the sponsors of this show. So today's show is brought to you by Open Sky Fitness. If you're an entrepreneur and you're tired of buying into the hustle mentality and you know that you need some hustle or some healthy balance, you're not alone. Rob at Open Sky Fitness helps busy high achievers push away from their desk and carve out some time for healthier choices based on their personal goals. If getting in better shape is your goal, and if you seek either online coaching or in-person training if you live in the Los Angeles area, you gotta talk to Rob. Check out his offerings at OpenSkyFitness.com and subscribe to the Open Sky Fitness podcast on iTunes today. And if you listen regularly, you know that Rob was the guest on the previous episode of this show, and uh, I'm really glad that he decided to sponsor this episode. So today's guest is somebody who I met at the New Media Summit, and her name is Katrina Sawa, and she is known as the Jumpstart Your Biz Coach because she literally kicks her clients and their businesses into high gear. And I love having people who kick people in the butt on this show. So Katrina, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Yay. I love the title. I love your show. It's awesome. Um, I love to hear the, the things people are doing. It's amazing. So tell us what you're doing. What's your business really all about? <laughs> My business is all about inspiring and motivating people to create the, the business of their dreams so, so they can live a happier life. I want people to have more money in their business, but also more love in their life. And that's what makes me just a little bit different when we talk in business because so many people focus on their business and not their love life or their personal stuff. And they're just unhappy, yet they might be making money. And that's no good. We want both. We want love and money equals happiness in my book. Well, and you don't just live in in one piece of of your world. There's a lot of pieces of your pie and you've got to keep them all. You got to keep them all going, right? Right. Totally. So how did you get into this line of work? What sort of led you to become an entrepreneur? Well, I always kind of knew that I would be through college. I just didn't know what that looked like. And I figured, ah, it would, it would fall into my lap at some point, right? <laughs> Something would happen where, you know, it would make it apparent what I would do. And I even did door-to-door sales. So I thought that was kind of my own business at the time. I sold knives for a company. You know, I did all those kind of things. Did, I've been did, you work for, did you work for Cutco? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, yeah. No, I've interviewed a lot of people on the show who've worked for Cutco. They get a lot of newbies, I tell you. You know, and, but uh, you learn because when you're trying to sell a kitchen knife, you got to learn how to sell. 
Oh my God. And those things are amazing. I sold all my friends and family. It was great. And then I got stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so, um, but one of the jobs I really loved was advertising sales. I used to sell the newspaper advertising in our local area here in Sacramento. And that's where I really got to know a lot of small business owners. And I was in four chambers of commerce, a leads group, and E-Women Network, which is a local women's mm-hmm. business organization. So I was in six organizations networking, meeting small businesses, and trying to sell them advertising in the newspaper. And that was 17 years ago. Okay. So it was still popular then. <laughs> uh, and so, but I saw people falling out of business all the time, and they were so passionate about what they were doing, yet they just didn't know all the things they needed to do. And they were throwing money at me like crazy to run ads, but they didn't even know what to put in their ads. And they didn't know how to connect the ad to the business, to the walk-in, to the what's next, to the then the ongoing database marketing they needed to do. They just, it fell flat, the follow-up and everything. So I realized there was so much more they needed to know. And that's really what got me more sales is because I was very consultative in my approach. And then I finally just broke off and said, I don't need to sell advertising anymore. I just need to teach these people what to do. You know, it's really interesting. You started off by saying that you always kind of knew you were going to do your own thing back in college. And, you know, that resonated with me because back when I was in college, I just sort of always thought, you know, eh, whatever, I'll go do corporate for a while and then I'll, I'll have my own business. And I worked as a photographer. I worked for somebody who had a big studio doing major events. And, and I always thought I'm going to go start my own event photography business, or I'm going to be a wedding photographer or a corporate (laughs) photographer. And I always thought, you know, I would see people doing things and thought I could do that. But I never really kind of knew what it meant, right? I just sort of kept, I was sort of dreaming and hoping it would like fairy dust. It would sprinkle down and fall in my lap. And and that doesn't happen for a lot of people. So the people who you consult with, the people who you coach, you know, what's sort of the common thing that, that you've learned from them? Well, the common thing is that they have a passion, like, I, you know, they have a passion for doing a certain thing or helping a certain person or solving a certain problem in the world, but they don't have all the pieces to the puzzle on how to do that and how to really get in front of more people and make a bigger impact. So I'm like, I help them put the puzzle together and uh, find those missing pieces, you know, that we can't find and, and show them how they fit. I had one client one time tell me she showed me or she put the doorbell on her door. Like she had a website and she had lots of offline connections and lots of social media connections, but nobody was coming from offline or social media to her website to do anything. And when I showed her how to do a funnel and an online, you know, free gift and a backend sales page and video and all this stuff, I mean, it connected the doorbell that made people go ding dong. Oh, you're home. Okay. Let me help, you know, <laughs> so get in the door. So let's was, go, let's go a little deeper. How do you create that doorbell that people can ring? What, what is it that you really do? It's really figuring out, uh, like we were saying, the problem people solve or the thing you really want to do with people, the kind of impact you want to make. So it's, it's either when you're trying to figure out what to do with your business, it's, it's either the, the type of person you want to help the problem you want to solve or the thing you want to teach usually. Right. And then we have to figure out the other pieces because you need to know all of that. You need to know what you're teaching, who it's for and what problem it solves. But sometimes you only come to the, to the gate with one or two of those pieces and you need to figure out the third piece so that we can really put a strategy in place to build a business. And then we have to figure out what you're selling. So a lot of people just aren't, cl- aren't 
really clear on what they're selling. If you, if you don't know what you're selling, then you don't know how to market and talk to people about it. So, and, and you mentioned in the intro that one of the things you do is you sort of look at the whole person and what's going on in their whole life. I mean, do some clients think like, whoa, 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 you don't need to talk about my family life. You don't need to talk about my soul. I mean, is, are some people, <laughs> do some people have sort of a wall from that? Some people do, especially if they come from corporate um, training, because <laughs> corporate, you're taught to keep your personal stuff separate. Sure. Usually, oh, ab- right? Absolutely. I mean, it's like, yeah. don't, you don't talk about family. I was taught right. early on, don't talk about your family and especially don't ask women about their family. That's not professional. It's like, yeah. how do you build a relationship? What's more important to a man or a woman than their family and their kids? I ask right. everybody those questions. Well, and it's true because especially when you're an entrepreneur, you want to build the business around the kind of life you want to live. You don't want to just fit your life in around your business. So I need to know if you want to get off, uh, if you want to stop working at 3 p.m. to hang out with your kids for the afternoon. I need to know if you don't want to work weekends, which hopefully nobody does. Or I want to know if you want to work three 10-hour, 12-hour days and then have four days off. I need to know how you want to design your life and your business so that we can do the right business models, we can sell the right um, uh, products and programs, and we can do the right marketing and have the right wording associated with that to give you that. Otherwise, it's a free-for-all. So, so how long have you been doing this? How long have you had your, your jumpstart business? Um, I've been doing this for 15 years as my as an entrepreneur. So as I said, I was doing that two or three years prior to as well in the in the sales business that I was at. But but 15 years, I've talked with thousands of entrepreneurs. And I'll tell you, the when I, I'm pretty intuitive. I didn't know I was so intuitive in the beginning. I, I thought it was too woo-woo, but, but I'm embracing my woo-woo <laughs> side to a certain extent <laughs> because it really does help me help them, right? If I can identify someone's not doing their follow-up calls, okay? So one of the biggest things, if you go to a networking event and you come back with a stack of 20 business cards, you got to get on the phone and call them. Yeah, you can enter them into an email thing if they've given you approval, frankly. You can send them something in the mail if you have their address, but you can certainly call them. And I mean, 99 out of 100 people don't make those phone calls. And so why is it? Half the time, it's because they're afraid of rejection or they've been, they're scared of, um, of, what they're going to say, or they don't know what to say to the person. So it's giving them the power that they, that they do want to hear from you and what to say. So I'm really good with giving people the words on, on what to say in different situations because a lot of people don't do it. But a lot of times I find that they had to have, don't have a supportive spouse or they have a mom or a sister that's um, saying they should go back and get a job. Why are you doing this? Why are you working so hard at trying to build this business? You should just go back and get a job. You can get a six figure income with your degree and all this blah, blah, blah. And the person really has a passion for doing their business, but they're hearing all these negative people. Well, those are the things we have to focus on. Because that's going to affect you making money or not, if you listen to it or not, or if you pay attention to it or not. Well, and that's, I mean, I think that's a common thing that we run into naysayers in our life. And they don't mean, some of them aren't nasty. They're not ill-willed. But, you know, they're like, oh, you know, who are you to grow your business? Or, you know, there's a lot of competition out there. Maybe you won't do it. So, you know, I think you bring up a really interesting point that there's a lot of people who have to fight off those naysayers to be able to, to just, you know, push forward. Yeah, and I technically call them toxic people, um, even though I know that 
oftentimes we love them, they love us and they don't mean anything, but sometimes they're just toxic to our entrepreneurial energy. I mean, they are because we have to be all positive all the time or we get sometimes into a funk. And when you get into a funk, you don't make phone calls. You don't do marketing activities. You might go sit and watch TV or might go out shopping or go out, out for lunch instead of doing what really needs to get done to build your business. Well, and it, you know, I, I mean, absolutely. And you talked about follow up, which I can't tell you how many times, you know, when as a professional speaker, I'll go out and a lot of the big events I do, I, I, I'm not allowed to put like a little questionnaire form on the chairs. But when I do some smaller events, I'll have a questionnaire and, and I'll, I'll ask people, are you interested in my group coaching program, the potential mastermind? I'll ask people, would you like a link to my podcast? Uh, would you like me to come speak at your organization? And there's things people can check off or fill out on the form. And, you know, one of the things that I'm really good at is, I'll send an email within like a day to the people who have attended a speech saying, you know, here's the podcast or here's the information about the group coaching mastermind program, you know, or, Hey, you wanted me to come to your organization. Should we schedule a call? And what I find fascinating is how many people in similar jobs to mine who collect that same information don't get back to the people. I know it's very sad and it's just because they don't have, they don't have a system or they don't have a team to help them because Follow-up is one of the things I don't even like to do, and I teach it. (laughs) And so, you know, I have a personal assistant that usually does most of that. And I've been without that person for a couple months now. So I'm in chaos in my follow-up, and (laughs) the new one starts on Monday. I can't wait. So Katrina, (laughs) Katrina, I have no assistant, and I have no system. I am just just a cluster, but I get it done. Oh, I have four assistants now and a team and I'm all about systems. So I I love teaching people how to systematize and automate and delegate the stuff that needs to get done. That's how I get so much done. People ask me all the time, how do you do all this stuff? And because it's not me, I don't want to stay up until midnight doing stuff. I want to have family time. I want to eat dinner with my family. I want to go out and play on the weekends. I don't want to be working all the time. That's not how I want to design my life. Ah, That's good advice. So now that you've designed your life and you've been doing this for a while, what is it that you love about the life you've created? Uh, Well, I love how I get to really work with us, a significant group of entrepreneurs. So I love my clients. I do a lot of coaching still. Um, I have one-on-one and I also have a, a live big mastermind program and they're my babies. That's where I want to spend my time is with people who really invest in that program because they're the ones that are motivated and hungry and will do almost everything I tell them to do and they'll see results and they'll be like, you know, celebrating and they'll support each other and uh, so I really love seeing other people be more successful and so, in what I can do. And it, it gives me the freedom now to uh, speak more, travel more, spend more time with family. You know, there's a lot of projects I want to work on for myself, too. And now I can. So are there any parts, though, of working for yourself where you get frustrated and you think, oh, I could still be selling advertising for the Chamber of Commerce or, or whatever, where you think, if I just had a salary, if I just had a job, this would be easier? Never. I have never looked back in 15 years. I did never had a plan B. I No. I'm like <laughs> one of the most unique people that I've always had faith that it will all work out in the end. Uh, you don't run into that very often with um, someone who just, nope, I will, of course I have a degree, I could get a job, whatever, but I never think like that. If you think like that, you have one foot back in the, in the, I was 
what came to mind was the grave. So you have one foot in the grave. <laughs> I'll just say it. And uh, you have one foot back over there. So you don't have both full. You're not two feet in. You're not all in in your business. Well, and that's what happened to me is I got laid off on April 1st, 2009. I mean, that's the bottom mm -hmm. of the recession. There were no jobs. And I think if there had been a robust job market and I was, you know, a pretty successful sales and marketing guy, I think if there had been jobs, I would have had you know, the safety net of going and applying for a job, but there were no jobs. So I had to spend the next year just building my own business and it worked. So, you know, I, I think burning the ships, you know, has, has some uh, advantage to it, I guess. Well, and you make a good point. And a lot of people who lose their job, I've had three clients in the last year get laid off. And we usually do first. They do and it's like supposed a to be. Wait a minute. It's supposed to be a booming economy. That's what they tell right? us. We're boom, boom. Yeah. People are still well, losing their job. No. And one gal that lost her job, her husband lost her job, his job within eight months. So they both lost their job within a year. So after the first 30 minutes of freaking out, <laughs> we, right, uh, we set a plan in motion. And, and really, it's for someone who's already started a business on the side or who knows they should be, it's a great opportunity to just take it and run, you know, especially if you can get some severance pay or something like that. Um, because it can take, you know, three to 10 or 12 months to find the next best good job for you. Sure. So why not take that three to 10 months and ramp up a super great business that can pay you so much more in the long run and you can design it around the kind of life you want to live? Well, and, and, you know, just thinking sort of about back in the day, you know, when I started, it took me three years to get the business up and going, but I had it going you know, my speaking business was a side business for a couple of years before that I was speaking for, you know, law firm retreats and accounting firms and, and other people at their like team meetings. And I didn't start from a cold start on April 1st, 2009. I already had, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was making about $20,000 a year. I was making enough to take the family to Europe every year or something mm -hmm. like that, but it was a side business. And then when I, because of situation, I had to crank it up. I wasn't starting at zero. And, you know, I've interviewed well over 250 people here on this show. And I hear from a lot of people, the same thing is start as a side business and sort of see where it goes, get some, get some traction going if, if you want to do that. And so many people I know are like, well, I don't know. I think I'll wait. And it's like, no, no, if you have a passion for something, start doing it. You know, uh, Stephen King one time said that even if you're not published, writers write, they can't hold, they can't stop themselves. And when I consult with people who want to become professional speakers, I say, speakers speak, go find a place to speak. Don't worry about getting paid, you know, go hone your craft. And the same thing is true. If you want to start your own widget company, you know, widget makers make widgets. It's, you know, I mean, just go <laughs> do it, follow that passion. And I think, you know, if then you get it rolling, then you want to jump in. It makes it easier if you have a little momentum. Yeah. And in these days, I would also add that you start a blog and you start blogging your thoughts on a blog with an opt-in box, like capturing people who are interested in what you're talking about. So you can start building a following nice. while you're in the job, because then when you're ready to launch a business, you already have hopefully hundreds of people following you in your blog, whether you're selling anything to them or not, just get start talking to them and building relationships and building a community around you is what I would suggest. Even if you're not monetizing it yet, um, start a blog and or like a Facebook group or something or a LinkedIn group and really start just sharing what you plan on teaching at some point or what you're plan on doing. 
Gosh, you've already given so much advice for people who want to start their own business. Is there anything else you would tell somebody who's listening to this thinking, yes, Katrina, yes, I want I want my own business. I want to be home at three o'clock with my kids. I want to design my own life. What else would you tell people to do? Well, again, you have to get clarity on what you're selling. Okay, so a lot of times people say, well, I could coach or I could do this or I could hold workshops, but that's not clarity. Um, clarity is when you get the, okay, I know the seven step system I'm going to teach in my workshop or that I'm going to do in my coaching program or that I'm going to speak um, in my in my speaking presentation. So you've got to nail down that, in my mind, signature system or process or whatever it is. Now, it could be a product or something like that, and that would be a little bit harder to uh, explain in, in this kind of a setting. But, um, but if you can come up with the actual thing that you're going to teach people and or the process you're going to take people through and or you know what will happen to them if they do that with you, whether it's in a workshop or one-on-one or in a group program or on a webinar, it doesn't matter how they do it, but know the transformation. The transformation is what you're selling. You're not selling the six-week program or the three-hour workshop. You're selling what's going to happen for them if they do this with you. So when you're clear about that, then that's when you can start talking to people and enrolling people in things to buy. But most people go out and say, well, I can help you with such and such. Well, okay, it's $100 an hour. Well, nobody wants to buy by the hour, right? They They need to know that you have a trusted system, even if you haven't done it before with somebody else. They need to know you have a process. So I would say get clear on what you're selling is the most important thing you need to do. And a lot of times people can't figure that out themselves. I love to pull that stuff out of people in like a conversation. Mm. So. so Katrina, how important is networking for someone who wants to have their own business? Well, I think I've explained that networking <laughs> and follow-up is how I built my business in the beginning. The first three years, I didn't even know about online marketing and stuff. I barely had a website. It was like a stupid, ugly brochure, right? And all I did was networking and follow-up and I kicked butt. I had now it was granted a high five figure a year business, which isn't something to, you know, fantastic, but it was, it was, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people who wish they were making high five figures. Right. We get get so focused on six and seven figure businesses. We have to remember that for a lot of people, if you could make 80 or $90,000 a year, that's life changing. Yeah. Yeah, I was probably making 75 to 80 within the first three years of my business um, every year. And that was more than I was taking home in a job. So I felt like I was succeeding, right? But I was working really, really, really hard at it and a lot of hours. And then when I learned how to incorporate a lot of the leveraged business models and do more stuff online, that's when the, the amount of hours that I had to work to earn the same amount of money um, changed. It shifted. So... Um, but networking is the fastest path to cash is getting in front of somebody in person or video. You could do video nowadays is even more, but if they can see you in person, the like trust connect factor just shoots way up. Sure. Absolutely. So Katrina, I can't let you go yet. I have a few more questions, but first (laughs) I got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is also brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. 
Hey, Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Katrina. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know you do, because so many people email me and say, how'd you get started? I'll tell you what I did. I called Podfly. So check them out at podfly.net slash cool things, because they even have a special offer for the listeners of this show. So Katrina, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now? (laughs) Well, um, besides looking at people's love life, sometimes it's funny. I actually have to teach them the online dating because they're not happy and they're single. Okay. Uh, So I would say. (laughs) You don't teach the married people that, I hope. I hope that's just uh, single people lessons. 50% of my female clients probably 50%, maybe 60% are single and and not really happy about um, being single and they're deflated, you know? So one of the things I do is I teach them what I did on online dating to find my husband. (laughs) And I have a whole process on it and I, and I actually systematized how to Oh no, you systematized finding a man. I did. And I call it sorting, not dating. So (laughs) is that like swipe left, swipe right? Yeah. No, 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 no. But uh, <laughs> it's for people who are serious. But that's just one really weird thing that I do for people who really aren't happy and need to find somebody. Um, so actually, I, actually, let's go down this path for a second, because that, <laughs> that is kind of cool, right? I mean, I, I, I'm happily married. I've been married 25 years. And, yeah. and so I miss the whole online dating world. But if you're an entrepreneur and, and you're working a lot and yeah. you've hired a coach to sort of get your business in order, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that if that person can also help you sort of get your mind right about what you want to do and help you be clear. Like you said, you have to know, you have to know what you want, right? How do you, how do you get people if they're sort of bummed out on that side of their life? How do you get them sort of engaged? What do you do to help them in that area? (laughs) Well, a lot of times they're down, they're either been burned. Oh, there's no good guys out there, girls out there, whatever. Right. And they don't believe. So they don't believe that there's somebody that could actually fit the bill of all the things they want. And so I get them to try to believe that it's possible again, number one. So they have to believe that it's possible what they want and then actually put a list together of the things they want. Because a lot of times people settle and they say, well, I really like this and this, but it's okay if they don't have it. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Don't settle for really important things in a relationship. So it's being bold. It's being, it's figuring out how to get more confident around what you want and knowing that there's somebody out there for that. And you just have to have the tools and the words. It comes down to the words again that you would put in an online profile or you would send in a message or even a text or what you would say on a date. So it's just a process that I developed. You were like a, you were like the most full service coach I've ever talked to. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, I don't want to see people unhappy. I want them to be happy. My goal is for everybody to be happier. (laughs) And then that should make more money because you're going to attract better people. You're going to attract more people when you're happy. Can, can, can you, can you teach those of us who are married how to deal with teenage kids? No, I don't have, (laughs) no, but I have referrals. (laughs) My daughter is a step, my stepdaughter. I never decided to have uh, babies myself, but then when I found this, my husband now. He came with one. 
it came with the perfect, it was the perfect partnership because I didn't have to give birth uh, <laughs> and I didn't even have to do diapers and she's perfect, but she's eight. So I haven't hit the teenage stage yet. So, so, so Katrina, you know how cute she is right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah in, in, enjoy it. Cause she's going to grow up, turn on you and ask to go to one of the most expensive colleges in America. Yeah. At least that's what my kids have done. So they haven't really turned on me. My kids get mad when I say that. I say, you know how cute they are. They're going to grow up and turn on you. And my 15-year-old said, when have we, either one of us, ever turned on you guys? And I'm like, well, that's true. So we've been we've been right. lucky. I, I, I got good well, kids. But, but the oldest one is at one of the most expensive colleges in America. And her sister is looking at some of the most expensive colleges in America. So uh, God love well, us. And- this is why I do what I do to help you make more money doing what you love. Cause there's expenses out there in the universe. We have to pay for stuff like this. So That's we right. have to make more money. You have to have bigger goals. People, yep. you have to have bigger money goals. Yeah. Period. That's what my kids tell me. They go, just go book more, more speaking gigs and we can go to school where we want. Right. So. I know. <laughs> so my daughter, don't who, listen to your kids, but <laughs> wait, no, <laughs> my daughter who's 20 used to come with me when she was like, I don't know, 10 or 12. And she would sit at the book sales table so that I could go around Earth. and network. After my network, after my speech, I could go around a network and she would sell the books for 10 or $20 a piece. And when people would come up, she'd be like, you know what? They make a great gift for people in your office. Buy two or three because I want to go to college someday. And people would buy two or three. Now it's just me. I'm lucky to sell one book. I cannot wait until she's a couple years older because she's already been to a couple of my events, but she doesn't really know what's going on yet. I see these entrepreneur kids all over the country at events, and I'm just like, I can't wait. I hope to God she follows in my footsteps. That's awesome. (laughs) Hey, I think that, you know, I love asking questions about you and about your business, but I think that great entrepreneurs are observers. I think entrepreneurs see other entrepreneurs and think, wow, she's doing something really cool or he's doing something awesome. So who do you admire? Gosh, there's a lot of people I admire that are doing great things. I mean, people that can build multiple million dollar businesses, especially the ones online. I'm like, I just don't know how they do it. I wish my funnels worked that well, you know, like, <laughs> honestly, I wish they did. I well, it's don't- like, it's like, I've got this great coaching program and I've got, you know, uh, eight or 10 people who, who are in it and people kind of come and go after six months and whatever. But I love the group of people who are in it, but I see these other people, they're like, yeah, I have 795 people in my coaching group. And I'm like, what? Right? How, where, how, how did you get that many people to join your group? Right. I know. Oh, it's just baffling. Oh, oh and, how- by, and by the way, they charge 10 times as much. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. So I'm trying to be a sponge and, and learn as much. And I go to a lot of these events now where I, I can meet these kinds of people. Um, I do pretty well, but I need to double my business too, you yeah. know, in order to really do a lot more good in the world and do more for my family and stuff and get my husband out of his job is what our goal is next. So yeah. story of my life, you're, you're preaching to the choir here, but, yeah. but there's a lot of people out there who can mentor and help all of us. So, so who do you admire? Is there anybody in particular? Well, the first mentor I really had was Allie Brown and that was back in 2006 she and and I was just reading something about her earlier and she's just really built a life for herself, you know, and who she, is she? Allie Brown. Yeah. Allie I Brown. Yeah. I don't know who she is. Who is she? What does she do? She started out as the easy queen, you know, oh. way back when. And she's just she's just been ahead of the game, I think, mm. in this industry for quite some time. Uh, and now she's doing 
high-end select events for small groups of people and has high-end coaching and she speaks in media all over the country. And, you know, I really, that's kind of the life I want to lead. And, and she, at one point she didn't even want kids or anything. Now she has two Hmm. babies. And so it's, it's really great to see her evolve from what she was. And that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Hey, the last question I ask everybody who comes on the show is I think in addition to being observers, I think entrepreneurs want to do more than just make money. I mean, we all want to grow our businesses, but I think we want to leave a little mark behind somewhere on the world. So I ask everybody, how do you give back to the greater good? Right. There's what I do right now is not what I want to be doing. Right. Because I think this is why another reason why a lot of us that are doing good in the world need to make a lot more money so we can do more good. Right. I would love to just drop a hundred grand on the uh, recent uh, tragedies Uh, around the country and help people in those ways and send um, aid to certain areas that have been demolished by hurricanes or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I would love to just be able to write a check or send a bunch of supplies. Um, Cancer is a big thing. My husband went through throat cancer and it seems like every month someone I know is getting uh, diagnosed with cancer. So, you know, throwing money at those kind of charities is one thing, but really being able to, pay for someone's medical bills. I mean, I just want to give someone 10 grand so they can go pay their bills and not have to stress. Right. And so I want to be able to do that. I can't say that I can do that right this moment, Sure. but I just gave $300 to somebody yesterday for cancer and, uh, you know, 40 bucks to somebody else and, and little bits here and there. So well, I you know, to... uh, first of all, I think that's awesome that that's what you want to do. I kind of got chills when I thought yeah. of you being able to write those big checks to help families in need. But the other thing is, is I call it what you're talking about and what you're doing. I call it compounded generosity. So we, we teach people about compounded interest, right? If you start saving for retirement young, now, of course, the interest rates are nothing now. It's not as good as it used to be. But the idea is if you start saving and investing young over a lifetime of 50 years, you'll have a lot of money. If you wait till the end, it's harder to grow it. So you just do little things consistently along the way. And right. We, and what we do is we started a fund called the Kate Singer Endowment for Cranial Facial Surgery and Research and at two mm. different children's hospitals. And we give a little percentage. I mean, not very much. If you looked at any one check, you'd be cheapskate at me. But uh uh, from every speech that I give, and I've, I've given hundreds and hundreds of speeches mm. the last few years, and it's $50 here and $75 there and $250 there, and we just consistently do that little percentage amount. No matter what the amount of the check is, we write a check over towards these two funds, and then we do a fundraiser on Kate's birthday, and I've always wanted to raise like $10,000, and we raise like $1,000, but you know yeah. what? I've done it for 10 years and the combination of what we've raised and what we've given and the way the funds have grown because they're invested by the hospitals, it's over $70,000. Well, that's Mm. a real number. And I don't, my brother said to me, you know, we don't come from a family who has our name on the wall of a hospital. How, How did you do that? But I did small things consistently, yeah. and and that's the thing when I when I talk to people and you're doing that now, you're helping people in little ways over a yeah. lifetime. That becomes that becomes huge. Yeah, and you know what's funny is when I was broke, like when I literally had no money in the bank and couldn't even pay all my bills, which was like nine 
years ago, I remember specifically, I still donated 10 bucks to mm -hmm. the local SBCA or, or 10 bucks to something else. You know, I would take 10 bucks, even though I couldn't pay all my bills, I would still donate because I know that money is energy. And when you give it to the universe, it comes back to you. Yep. And so I'm very much believe in that. I would give someone a bigger tip if I know if they did a really good job, I used to bartend, right? I graduated by the way, as a bartender. So like, <laughs> that's how much I didn't want to go to corporate. <laughs> but when I get really good service, I tip really well. Right. Um, so even if you're broke or don't have a lot of money, it's so good to put a little bit out there in the universe to something that you're doing good with, I believe, because it'll come back to you. That's right. And it does, it does add up over, you know, over many years, it really does start to, you know, what a compound, your generosity compounds. And, and I think and you it, can even volunteer your time. So I volunteer time with so certain true. organizations. Yeah, it's I, time. It's, it's money. Yeah. It's time. And it's what I call good vibes, which is really yeah. just being supportive. I mean, sometimes if I see someone has a cause, and I, I can't give to everything. And, and for whatever reason, I can't support that cause. Maybe I just retweet it, or I like it, or I post it on my Facebook page, just so yeah. that there's a little bit of that good vibes out there in the inner in the uh, in the universe. I agree. Well, Ooh. Katrina, thank you so much for jumping on and being on the show today. If somebody listened to this and they're like, "Wait a minute, who is this Katrina Sawa? <laughs> I got I got to know more about her. I need someone to kick my butt or jumpstart my marketing. How do I find her? Where do they go?" <laughs> well, the main website is jumpstartyourmarketing.com, and there's. If you go to the resources page, there are so many different opportunities you could take advantage of for free just to check it out. I'm all about sharing free info to try me out kind of a thing. So free audios, free webinars you'll find on there in various different topics from love to money. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, and as we said, part of that part of that looking for a date might be more in your marketing. So go to jumpstartyourmarketing.com and find out more about Katrina. Again, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Hey, and thank you for listening. I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want more information about me or about our podcast, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. You can find us on Twitter, at Cool Podcast. And you can always just email me, Tom, T-H-O-M, at TomSinger.com, and I will always get back to anyone who sends me an email. Hey, jump over to iTunes and leave that review. It just makes my day brighter if somebody does that. And then finally, if you want to join the Potential Mastermind Project, you can go to potentialmastermind.com and you'll find out all the information right there. And oftentimes people go and they have questions, just email me or my phone number's on my website, call me, and I'll answer any questions that you have about that group. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Katrina. But in the meantime, you go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.